0: Welcome to The Marinade, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 148, and our guest is Lydia Luce. Lydia is a singer, songwriter, virtuoso violin player, and multi-instrumentalist, originally from South Florida, who now makes her home in Nashville, Tennessee, y'all. This was such an amazing conversation. There's so much to say about Lydia her work has appeared on songs by Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, and Eminem. She's going to tell a story during this episode about playing Bonnaroo with Eminem. Her excellent new record, Florida Girl, has a release date of October 27th, 2023. And y'all, as you will hear, I absolutely love it. We got deep in the weeds about so many different topics. and She is an open soul and an incredible thinker, everyone it is my great honor to bring you my conversation with Lydia Blues.
1: Hey, hey.
0: Oh, that's so much better.
1: Okay, great. I oh, had you for my speakers and. For whatever reason that was that was what was happening
0: oh the internet here we go thank you you, (laughs) internet for allowing me a chance to talk to lydia i'm so excited to talk to you i've been listening to your record florida girl for quite some time now and um giving it a deep dive florida man here by the way i'm in orlando (laughs) so uh, uh, uh sorry not sorry to everybody listening um in the future, because I'm sure we will get down on Florida, especially given the themes in this record. And, um, and I'm excited for that. So first of all, congratulations, this is an absolutely gorgeous record.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: I, I think, you know, I was talking earlier with somebody about like how I think I've gotten to a place where I I'm fortunate in that I get to listen to a lot of records oftentimes before they come out. And, um, and so what I've learned to do is like really give time to these records because I think given the fact that I'm just constantly consuming things, that first listen doesn't always grab me. And I, I think it's just cause I'm overloaded, you know? And so sometimes records can sort of feel like background noise or something. And then after I listen a couple of times, I'm like, oh man, you just missed it the first time. This was not one of those records. This was definitely a first listen. Oh shit, I really like this. This is something I'm looking forward to diving into. And I think part of it also is like, never enough is, which leads off the record is this song that like chugs along, but also somehow leaves you wanting more. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the rest of the record uh, pays up on that debt. And I was, cause I was thinking about like the dichotomy of like living in the present, which is sort of like the, the theme of that song. Right. While also being at a tempo that almost passes you by, it's not too fast, but it's like, you got to kind of keep up. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a magical uh, juxtaposition of like this ever present difficulty of staying in the moment with also like everything whizzing by us all the time
1: yeah yeah it does move quick it also is like a kind of a funny format like there's like a surprise ending or like an extra section at the end um yeah I love I love starting the record with that song because it's just like maybe it's an invitation to be present and just listen and just like yeah be there for a second and opening the record with just the vocals
0: mm-hmm. okay. well it's it's such it is such a reminder, and those reminders are incredibly important um and, and it's something that I constantly work on, but I'm ne- you're never gonna master it right. well, I' mean unless you're some kind of guru somewhere or something, but for the most part you 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 can't get to that place unless you're constantly working on it, right? and I, I thought it was really it was helpful for me to hear that and to, to, to kind of force me to think about being in the present, but then also the sequencing of that into other side. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that choice? So we've got this song that's all about being in the present. And then we've got this song that's all about the end. Um, like <laughs> it's a hell of a, of a lineup to start off an album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's
1: so fun. I actually like, I, I hearing you say that to me I'm like whoa yeah that's wild I guess I haven't even really thought about the um subject matter of it being like uh, but I I actually stand by that because like for me like talking uh, talking about death and that song like about death and processing death and sitting with it like that was a challenge for me and like something that needed I needed to do and I kind of came to that song through uh, a mushroom trip and was like, um like kind of saw death in that trip. And it like really helped me process my thoughts around death and kind of um like, I took the edge off of it maybe a little bit also like, maybe like, oh yeah, this is just all cyclical. So I feel like, yeah, being like, okay, we're gonna be present. We're gonna try to be present, and then we're gonna also sit with this thing that's like scary to talk about, and be present for all the feelings maybe that come up too to when when you're talking about it. (laughs) But uh, man, I really just kind of served a a challenge to like maybe the unintentional challenge to the listeners too of that, like, because I think that's really hard for me, Um, and or it has been in the past to like. Sit with thoughts of death and what happens when you die. Like I don't know, probably is challenging for many people to talk about or think about.
0: <laughs> it's ever present, right? It's like, um, yeah, I, I mean, folks listening are probably sick of me talking about it because <laughs> I constantly talk about it and think about it, and it is. I I, I think so. Mushrooms have helped me too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cool. processing. Uh, all those big questions. And it's a relatively new thing for me just in the last few years, but has really made a big difference in sort of how I process that, especially the anxiety around mm-hmm. death. Um, Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? I think it's helpful to, that it sounds like you were in kind of not so great a place about death. You had this experience and you're processing it now in a very public way, like this mm-hmm. song that's going to be on your record. Um, And talking about it now, can you talk a little bit more about sort of like, what was it about that experience that helped you and sort of what your relationship is like with the idea of death now?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I grew up in a very Christian household. And so like the um, afterlife was presented to me with heaven or hell, like those are the options. That's it. And um, like, I haven't been a christian for a very long time for i think for longer than i had even admitted to myself or out loud like Mm -hmm. i kind of had this moment where i had to tell my parents and my family like hey i actually don't believe this and i love you guys like the exact same but i'm not not for me um and so i But then with that, like, okay, well, this was the foundation of what I believed was going to happen or what I, what I was told happened when you die. So with that, with like me processing, like, okay, well, I don't believe that anymore. So then that means I don't, I don't believe in heaven or hell. So then what does happen? And then it's just like this like blank canvas of, um, of possibilities, which can, I think be scary, but then also be beautiful. Like I, I don't know. I, none of us really know what happens. Um, and I think I, I think I had a lot of fear around death when I believed that it was heaven or hell, um, because like, oh, you're good. You go here, you're bad, you go here. Um, and then you're just trying to constantly be good so that you can go to, it's like quite a wild concept. Um, and so when, I think like before before I took like that journey and like took the mushrooms and like really sat with my thoughts about death and kind of experienced that fear coming to the surface. I was a real I was afraid of that. I was afraid of like, oh my gosh, my parents are gonna die. Like just I, that really ruminated in my head a lot. Um and when I took them when I took the mushrooms, I like uh, had this moment where I saw this death cloud like entering into my body, and then um, immediately after, and it was really scary for me at the time in the moment. And then in, afterwards, there was this like resurgence of life and um, growth. And for me, experiencing that, and then also breaking away from like the this Christian belief of heaven or hell, and like getting to choose now for myself what it is that I think might happen or just even speculate
0: hmm.
1: um, is really exciting to me. And I do think like the place that I've come to with uh, in my brain about death and what might happen is just that it is, I do think it is cyclical. Um, I have no proof because <laughs> I haven't died, but I do feel like I feel this like constant reminder of death, rebirth, death, rebirth, in nature and healing in like just day-to-day life. And so I think for me now, and that song, other side is speculating. It's just a speculation. What happens? Well, I've been told that I'm going to go to heaven. I'll see the pearly gates. Will I reflect on my life? Like, will I be upset with the choices that I've made? Like it's talking about all these different, do I come back? Like all these different possibilities and, um, and I, I think I'm left with this like getting curious um bit where I, I'm kind of like, I don't know. And that's okay. And I think it might just be this cyclical pattern of um resurgence and uh and I'm cool with like waiting and seeing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. What a special place to be. I, so much of what you just said resonates with me. That part about, I've never really said this, I don't think on the show or, or even processed it in this way, that part about sort of hiding the fact that you're no longer a Christian mm-hmm. and like, and like not acknowledging necessarily that you're in that space, um, even to yourself, I can 100%. I grew up in Ocala. It's very similar, like that Baptist church yeah. and it was heaven or hell. And I, I, there was a moment fairly early on where I went, I don't know about this. Uh, but but it did, wasn't until probably, I don't know, my mid, or mid to late 20s, I guess, that I finally went like, okay, I don't believe this. And it probably wasn't until my 30s until I, in front of my parents said, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't like hold hands and and pray and all the things that you're just ritualistically expected to do that at some point started to make me uncomfortable that I was just like, this is not me. This is not what I believe. And I'm performatively carrying out these things that I'm uncomfortable with actually. And that feeling has grown as I've gotten older Uh, but it was very liberating to finally, I mean, it caused a lot of friction, but it was also very liberating to finally just openly say to my parents, like, I I just, this isn't, this is taking from me. It's not giving anything to me. It's just freaking me out about my eventual demise, inevitable eventual demise. Mm
1: -hmm. Man. Yeah. I relate to that so deeply. I felt like In my 20s, I was dating this guy and I remember him saying, man, every time you go home and come back, you're a different person. Because every time I would go home, I would put on the like, okay, here I am. I'm a Christian. I'm going to church. And I would interact with my family. I'd pray and all the things, but I never felt, I never believed it. And like, then I'd go back to my life in Nashville where I was living at the time. And I'd be like, so confused totally just confused and trying to figure out like who I was. And I just, I, yeah, man, when I, I admitted also when I was, I think it was when I turned, when I was 30, told my parents and my brother that I wasn't a Christian. And, um, because, (laughs) because I had a song on my last record, about that and I was like oh well I guess now's the time to tell everybody (laughs) before they just hear this song um and you know there's still a moment I I completely relate on the friction but I and I even just recently had this conversation with my mom this past week where um like I I've joined this kind of group of women here that are into astrology and like, I'm curious about so many things and like really love like kind of dabbling in a lot of different things. And um she was where they were worried that I was gonna, I was a Wiccan. And so we had inter- introduced the conversation again. And she mm-hmm. was like, well, you know, I, but hopefully you'll be a Christian again later. Like maybe when you have kids and I was like, no and I had to kind of reaffirm my stance of like no this is who I am I love you I'm so happy I love myself I'm so like certain of myself now and and it doesn't include Christianity and like I appreciate the differences in us and I wish that you wish for you to do the same for me but yeah Mm -hmm. my brother has told me that he's cried to me like saying that I'm going to hell and um, it sucks. Cause like, I see the pain in them or in him because he believes that, but I don't believe in hell. So I don't feel sad about the fact that he thinks that I'm going there. <laughs> it's a mess, man. It's a, a lot.
0: lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So much of what you just said. I mean, cause those expectations so much, so many of those expectations that are, parents and grandparents and folks who are in the church have of us are rooted in the fact that they think if you don't believe this very specific way that you are literally going to burn eternally and that's a heavy burden for them too and it's hard, and sometimes hard to have empathy for them because you want to be like read a fucking book that's not the bible but it's like at the same time this is so meaningful to them right so like Me just getting mad about it, which is what I tend to do. I tend to get just like frustrated and angry about it because I have so much trauma from it Mm -hmm. doesn't help me. It doesn't help them. It doesn't do. I love your attitude of like letting go and saying, saying like, I don't believe in hell. So like, it's hard for me to feel much of an attachment to how he's feeling because like, I just don't believe that's a thing. And (laughs) that's a, that's a good, that's a pretty good place to be, you know? Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. It feels like a healthier place and I, I'm able to have this relationship with them and there's still, there's so much love. And like, I, I love the differences in people. Like, I'm so happy that there are so many people on this planet that believe different things because it's so interesting and it keep it makes us all interesting and unique. And I also, I'm so happy that they found the thing that makes them happy and a, like a better person or what, like what works for them but everybody's so different. And for me that it didn't work for me and I'm finding the things that work for me. And I think like my wish for everybody is just like, that we all can respect those tools for one another. Like, Oh, you found Christianity and it helped you to be a better person and helped you to love yourself or whatever. Wonderful. I love that for you. Mm -hmm. And I I'm into like tarot right now. And like, I don't know, just kind of and taking mushrooms as like a form of connecting to myself and like others and the universe. And that's really fun for me right now. And I want somebody to, I would want respect for myself too, for that. Like, it, I just think it doesn't have to be so like us versus them. It's such a bummer that it it is, but yeah.
0: 100%. 100%. Um, okay. Let's a lot of this is rooted, but what we just discussed is rooted in sort of, it's not just Florida, but certainly um, growing up in Florida, there's often an element of the church and specifically the Protestant church. Um, and then there's all there's also the wacky weirdness of our home state that you seem to be taking head on at the moment and like, just owning like, there's sort of, we we have this crazy place here, but it's often misunderstood. And it's not just the Florida man memes that so many people want to project onto it. And that's, as I've talked to other Floridians about lately becoming more and more difficult to combat, right, with our governor and, and some of the, the really nefarious actors um, who are in politics in our state. Can you talk about like deciding to kind of go pretty heavily into the florida theme on this record including like i I love the poem half about it's pretty much exactly halfway through right um that is this like trippy recitation of this beautiful poem um can you talk about sort of that essence and then also that specific poem and decision there
1: yeah um that poem is like like, when I think about that poem, I see the place I grew up, like my house. I grew up on a canal in Fort Lauderdale and I grew up kayaking and I grew up in the ocean. Like I'm a scuba diver, snorkeler. I grew up spearfishing and, um, the ocean is like, it's connected to me deeply, even though I live in a landlocked state. Mm -hmm. And I think like part of part of leaning into the florida um theme is me just like appreciating the place that raised me and held me and i'm florida's a interesting state and yeah i don't align with a lot of the political views and um but you know i also live in tennessee so i i don't <laughs> right. align with a lot of the political views here too right but, I love, um, I love so many aspects of Florida and I loved growing up there. Like I loved like, like kayaking from just going into my backyard, jumping in a kayak. And then Mm -hmm. like that poem is written about this little canal that was off the canal. It's like a small, um, tiny little canal that is in the mangroves like right by my house and it's like a 10 minute kayak and you get into the mangroves and you're just in
0: you froze on me can you see me now i got you that's such a bummer you were right you're getting fired up about man uh, mangroves and then you froze. i know <laughs> can you hear me now yeah i think we got you now all right now
1: i think we're
0: I think we're back cooking yep cool all right keep mangroves
1: okay yeah (laughs) mangroves (laughs) um it's just this like oasis and the canals like are very crowded busy tourists whatever and then you go into this little off like canal um canopy of mangroves and trees and there's literally monkeys like in these trees and this it's just so beautiful. And these crabs, like I talk about the fiddler crabs and um, the needle nose fish and like that little oasis to me is like, when I think of my home, I think of snorkeling and kayaking. And I loved growing up with that dense nature, just so close to my house. And, um, and for me, like, how like for my mental health, for like who I've um, come to love, like what I've come to love about myself is the connection I have with nature. And so I think like I could um, sit and talk so negatively about Florida or I could be like, and this is with everything. Like I could sit and talk about uh, the negativity of the politics and all of that. Or I could be like, Oh, but wow, I got to grow up by the ocean and I got to grow up snorkeling and like, I have this really great understanding of um, nature and, and what con- the, like beautiful connection I feel with it. And I don't know. So that I love that poem too. And it, it's definitely weird and trippy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I love that. I love the sonic choices. Right. Yeah. So like, it's the, 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 It just sort of like, I don't know, it puts, it puts you there. So it's funny. I had no idea you were going to mention mangroves or kayaking or anything. This is a photo in the Everglades that from years ago, It's my hiking buddies and me. Um, And that's that canopy that you're talking about, right? Where you're like kayaking through that canopy or canoeing through that canopy. And there's something so magical about it for lack of a better word, but something just so inspiring, creatively inspiring about this landscape and how you know i live in orlando this like very large city and right in the i live right next to this gorgeous lake right like i'm i'm basically in the suburbs of orlando even though i'm technically in the city limits but i'm right near downtown and i can just go out to lake underhill with my kayak which i do whenever i want it's like i'm not even though there's a fucking highway running through it it still doesn't feel like that's just like that's the wild dichotomy of florida is that you have you know i'll just be kayaking past an alligator where while there's above me there is a major high major thoroughfare with cars flying by and then a great heron will be fishing right next to us and an osprey will swoop down this isn't I'm, i'm not making this up everybody like this is right down the street from my house, a quarter mile, maybe that's our reality here, right? That's why so many of us stay here, despite some of the politics. And that's why we're so inspired by this place. And I feel like you captured it so perfectly in that poem.
1: Yes. I love that. We went, when I was home maybe two years ago um, for Christmas, my dad and my brother and my sister-in-law, we went to the Everglades and we did one of the like touristy, um airboat rides and i was and listening to the guide like talk about some of the stories and the alligators in florida and i was just like this is wild this is so wild that this is this exists in the middle of the state like the everglades and the keys and like it's such a an incredible ecosystem and it also is literally the filter like the everglades are the filter of the state like they they're filtering all of our shit <laughs> for yeah. us like providing us so much um so i yeah i'm still such a fan and i'm definitely like inspired by the ecosystem and the um and and the ocean like i it's crazy like i've i grew up snorkeling off of um this one, there is a road in Fort Lauderdale called Oakland, and there's this really great section of reefs right off the beach from there. And I grew up snorkeling there. And every time I go home, we go back out and I've seen like me getting to grow up there and having this connection with this reef. Like I've seen the changes that have happened, um, from global warming. And I've seen, I just, I feel like I know that reef, like I know, the, I can see the changes. I know the shapes of the reef that have changed. I know, um, I know it so well. It that feels like home to me too. That reef, that particular part of the ocean, is just I don't know. I feel so connected to it. So, um, getting to have that is really special to me. And I think the older I get to the more I'm like, no, this is that's, yeah, I'm from Florida and mm. I love being from Florida and it's made me who I am. And I'm accepting, I'm learning to accept all the facets of myself. And so that's part of it. That's one of, that is literally where I came from. So I have to accept that too.
0: Yeah. Right. Cause it, I mean, it impacts you either way. Right. So whether you accept it or not, it's going to be a part of you. And so you, you have those choices I, so okay so let's if we could dive back into growing up in Florida a little bit you're clearly outdoorsy you're clearly like kayaking and getting out in nature and snorkeling and doing all these wonderful beautiful things um your mother's a musician mm-hmm. um early on you're playing violin like what was that a was that a place of like pressure was that a thing that you were excited to do were was it, did you ask for it? <laughs> was it, or was it the kind of thing where it was like, nah, this is how it's going to be?
1: No, I did not ask for that. <laughs> no, it was really intense. My mom is very like, she's a classical conductor. She had orchestra. She was a um, brilliant conductor and a brilliant organist, pianist. But she very much like her vision for my brother and I was like, you're going to be in our or- my orchestra. So I, yeah, I practiced every day, like she set a kitchen timer, I practiced violin, viola, piano. And it was really like looking back on it and and, like hearing some stories of like friends growing up, I'm like, oh, wow. I was really like in this really intense, and classical music is that. Like anybody that I know, that all of my classical friends here, my string community here, we all came from a similar background where like practicing is so it's so intense in the beginning. And, um, some people, some of my friends, I guess they chose to do it, but I didn't, I did find love for it in high school once I found a uh, community in it. But my mom was, um, very passionate about my brother and I choosing the classical life. And she's still, even when I moved to Nashville to be a songwriter, she was like, oh, so are you going to audition for the Nashville symphony? And I was like, no,
0: I don't. <laughs> okay. I, so how do you, how do you get to, cause I think it's helpful. So that could have killed the dream, right? Like it, it, it obviously made you as good as you are, but at the same time it could have killed the love for music and you can't make a record like yours without love clearly loving music so how did you get to that place of kind of more acceptance of it and 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 embrace that passion?
1: Well, this is so different than classical music like I find so much freedom in my art now and even from a performance standpoint like I used to have so much uh, performance anxiety playing classical music like having to like one time I played a um Mozart concerto. And I forgot the whole thing. <laughs> I was just <laughs> up there in front of the audience and the orchestra behind me, like, well, shit, what do I do? I don't remember the rest of the piece because <laughs> you're expecting to memorize these like 45 minute long, like really meticulous um, pieces. And I just had such anxiety around that. And it was I did it for so much of my life. So now when I perform, there is so much freedom. Like it's mine. It is my song. It's my music. If I fuck up, whatever, like I'm the only one that really knows most of the time. And also there's just such, I find so much light in performing and like, um, I don't know, just freedom, true freedom now. So I it feels like it's just so different that I almost I I know that a lot of that uh, upbringing is probably why I am the way I am and the musician that I am. But this um, this like route that I've taken is truly so different being a songwriter, being um, performing my own music, getting to write from myself and, uh, do it my way. It's just so different. It's yeah. Nobody gets mad at me if I mess up unless I'm playing violin for them. and
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that for just a second, which is like, you've, you've had a chance to, to play. uh, and, And I don't know all the details of this. So that's, part of what I need from you, from you here, asking of you here, excuse me, is like, you've played with some legends too, right? Like the likes of Willie Nelson and and Dolly Parton and Eminem, for example, like how comfortable are you in that space? And if it leads to talking about working with one of those folks, that would be great too. But how comfortable are you working in that space, playing with somebody else versus the freedom that you get to experience playing for yourself and playing your songs?
1: Um. That to me feels, I mean, it all, I guess it's all a job, but that feels more like a job because I, I do, I want to show up to provide that artist with the vision that they want for their art. So it's, there's less freedom in that too. It's fun. Like playing, of course, like playing with Eminem. I've got to play with him at Bonnaroo and oh my gosh, that was one of the wildest (laughs) to go. Shows of my life like there was so many people and we were the headliner of Bonnaril and um and there was like fire going off behind me and yeah that was so fun and so wild um but I yeah I didn't get to even meet him I met the whole band they were awesome but as a string player like performing for other musicians and, and artists often we're we're kind of the side note like we're like um you know we're all black blend in we we want to hear you play the right notes don't show too much like of yourself like um it's a lot of it is kind of we are we're providing this like background like support um and per, like the dolly thing that was for that was a recording um session mm-hmm. And those sessions, those can also be. I mean, it it is. It has to be perfect. Like there isn't room for creative uh, ad lib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody would appreciate that, um, or maybe sometimes, but rarely. Hey, like this is just how know. I
0: hear it, Dolly Parton. <laughs> no, there's no,
1: there's not as much freedom. So it it is still it does kind of align more with the classical in my brain, a little bit more with the classical, like, okay, this is it. This is how it has to be perfect. And, but I appreciate that too. And doing that kind of work, I do appreciate it because it makes me then have a greater love for the freedom I find in my art and getting to, you know, do whatever I want.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Did you get to meet Dolly during those sessions?
1: I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That the I just covered Bonnaroo, and I can only imagine what the rush was like on those on that main stage, playing with Eminem. I can only like your your heart had to be like busting through your chest.
1: It was definitely out out of body. like, yeah. like you can't even fathom how many people when you're looking out at like there was like three hundred thousand. I don't even know how many thousands of people, but there was so many, and I just saw a sea of humans. It's crazy.
0: That is wild. Wow. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. We usually end on what we're getting down on. So that's the, the art that has you fired up at the moment. It could be like a book you're reading or a film you've seen or music you're listening to. What's what art is inspiring you right now?
1: Oh, I know um, this artist. She's the, a Portuguese artist named Maro. I can't stop listening to her music.
0: Okay. It's, M was- M A R O.
1: A-R-O. Yes, she's so she's been inspiring me so much, and that, and that's you know I don't speak Portuguese, but I love her music.
0: <laughs> I think there that it's it's a there's something about like um I'm gonna butcher his name, but the Brazilian artist uh, Sal Jorge who did like mm-hmm. the David Bowie covers on uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, and then has a solo record that's really great, and starred in um. Oh God! What's the film? City of God, that incredible film. City of God. Yeah. He's he's knockout Ned in that. Um, and his music. I mean, I can't understand a fucking word he's saying, but his music really moves me. There are a few. I don't know what it is about Portuguese specifically that uh, it seems like moves me more than other, um, other languages that are foreign to my ear.
1: Man, yeah. She, I literally was walking, weeping to one of the songs. And I had no idea I had I looked up the the words later, but it kind of didn't matter because yeah. it was it just was so it's so beautiful. Yeah, you should check her out. She has oh that's like a, awesome. Acoustic record that's so stunning.
0: Yeah. I love it. Most of my guests give me like a, a white guy with a guitar to listen to. So this is really <laughs> this is really helpful because I'm always trying to get away from just white guys with guitars and they Same. follow me everywhere. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Lydia. That This has been a wonderful conversation and your record is just so beautiful. And um, it was really fun to do the research. Also, I want to add something for folks listening that like getting a chance to do a deep dive on, we didn't get really to talk much about your other records, but uh, for folks listening, like, highly encourage a, a deep dive into your music because it's um it's really fun to see the the ebbs and flows your last record doesn't sound like this record but it's it also outstanding and um so i'm really really grateful that i had this opportunity to to this has been my introduction to your music and um you've yeah. got a got a new fan now
1: Yay. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to all the, the back catalog. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, you know, like I said, you hooked me as soon as I listened to Florida girl one time. And, um, and then of course I wanted to see what else was out there and what else is out there is also outstanding. So congratulations on this beautiful record and thank you again and again for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it was nice have, to meet you. <laughs>
0: likewise, likewise. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Bye. Bye.
0: Lydia Luce, y'all. Thank you so much, Lydia. Thank all of you for listening. LydiaLoose.com for all things Lydia Luce. I'm telling you, you're going to want to get a copy of Florida Girl. You're going to want to make sure you pre-save so that you can listen to it on your streaming apps. It's absolutely outstanding. It's one of those records that I've been lost in, and I'm really excited for folks to hear it. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade. Follow us, y'all. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Spoutable, Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon, all the things. We're really active on Twitter. We're also pretty active on Instagram, and I'm trying to keep an eye on all those other things as, as well. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support The Marinade. Go do that while you're listening, please. It makes a big difference for us, and it costs so little of your time and energy. We love interacting with folks over on social media. We've made real-life friends from Twitter and from Instagram. and. Hopefully we will from these other outlets as well. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community. We have been very active over there. Just two bucks a month, y'all. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. One of the best days of the month every month for me is recording our Patreon-exclusive show, What We're Getting Down On, with my dear friend, the brilliant and hilarious peter Haroldson, and we talk about the art that has us fired up at the moment on that it's an absolute blast and and i think folks are enjoying listening to it as well i post exclusive playlists over there there's uh, i just made an announcement of a really cool thing that I, i'm incredibly grateful for that i don't know if i'll in, i will uh, discuss uh, in a broader venue than patreon but some really cool stuff is happening in my life as a creative and I, I always share that kind of news over on patreon first you can try a free trial of patreon to see if you like it y'all no pressure try for seven days set a reminder on your phone in case you want to cancel and keep going if you dig it if you want to support the show financially but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription i totally get that you can venmo or paypal it's just at the marinade and all the money goes right back into the making of the show we have so many festivals we want to cover we're definitely covering orange blossom review and every little penny helps Uh, when we're trying to to make those kinds of things happen. Above all, though, thank you so much for listening and spreading the word about the marinade, everybody. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.